Oh, ladies. Oh, gentlemen. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Week three. NFL is here. It's over. Week two's over, right? We got the Monday Night Football stream and the showdown slate all out the way. One of the people of this beautiful community ended up being in first place. So a great way to end the week. Had a good week myself on that Monday Night Football slate. And now we move forward to week three, where if you're brand new here, about 10,000 plus of you, five figures are seeing this every single week. So if you're brand new, how you doing? My name's Sal Vetcher. I cover daily fantasy sports, fantasy sports, sports betting, and a variety of different sports. But the head honcho, the heavy hitter, the kingpin of all the major sports, the NFL is here. So we're focusing every single day, maybe one to two pieces of content going out on the channel every day to help you. My Twitter, at SalVetcherDFS, will always have a schedule of my content for each and every week pinned up to the profile. If you ever want to know, yo, I kind of like that guy. I like this content. Does it got anything else? Bam, there you go. Or you can just roam around this YouTube channel. And while you're there, while you're there, hit a like on this video and hit the subscribe button on any of the videos. And the bottom right-hand corner of this video, it's totally free. It takes two seconds of your time. I really do appreciate that. We're going to go position by position. Again, I'm recording this early on a Tuesday morning, but I've done, I got up at about 3 a.m. today. I've done about a couple hours of research yesterday for week three. I've already gotten about three hours of research in today. We have a very deep preliminary look so far, and then we'll finish this up, obviously, in the later in the week. We'll have the final thoughts on Friday. We'll do the live stream on Sunday and a bunch of content in between there that you can check out all of that. And this video, this video right here is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. And I'm very excited to talk about the offer that Monkey Knife Fight at less than a week ago told me about their changing over to for the NFL season. A 100%, that's right, 100%, 100% dollar ruski match up to $50. So use the promo code Vetri, my last name, very easy, V-E-T-R-I. If you put that in on Monkey Knife Fight, there's a link down below to get there in this podcast and YouTube episode. All you got to do is you put that promo code in. If you want to put 10 bucks in, they'll give you $10 for free. You want to put 25 bucks in, they'll give you 25 for free. You want to be a heavy hitter and put a $50 bill, a $50 ruski in there, they'll give you 50 back. You got $100 in your account. It's a more or less, it's an over under. They have a bunch of different prop games on there. It's a lot of fun. You can try and combine a couple of people who's going to have the long touchdowns. There's a lot of different ways that you can play if you don't just like the more or less type of uh, format over under type of format. So again, it's promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I. Let's know that you came from me on Monkey Knife Fight 100% deposit match for $50 Ruskies or up to $50 Ruskies. So with all that said, let's get into it. And I'll zoom in a little bit so I can reference the, the team total and game total and pace and all that stuff on my screen. It might not be on the screen just so you can see some of the notes that I've taken. And yeah, we're going to start it off with the two most expensive quarterbacks in the slate. No, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are playing on Monday night. So you're not going to see them on this slate. But Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, and deservingly so, these guys are the two most expensive quarterbacks in the slate. And you know what? They play each other this week. And you know what? It's a 55 and a half point total to open up. And DraftKings has not adjusted yet these salaries on all the pass catchers on both teams. None of the pass catchers are in the 7K range. Most of the pass catchers, I think all of them are below $6,500 on both of these teams this week. And a lot of the Cowboys pass catchers are in the 5K range. So this is pretty crazy. Obviously, I'll have interest in both of them. If you want to look at Russell Wilson, he's the number two graded overall quarterback so far through pro football focus. Dallas ranks 19th in coverage and 23rd in pressure. So another fine matchup for Russell Wilson, who, yes, he cooked in week one. And yes, technically he cooked in week two, right? He had five passing touchdowns, but he only threw the ball 28 times. So a lot of people in week one, he was throwing the ball in the first quarter and he was throwing the ball early and often. And then in week two, it went back to old efficient Russ, 28 attempts and five touchdowns on that. So a lot of people are going to kind of use the narrative this week of probably saying that, oh, Russ is like just throwing the ball everywhere. Okay. Yes, he did in week one. Week two, he didn't. He just was very efficient like he normally is half the time. If you only see 28 attempts out of Russ Wilson in a game, that's not him cooking. That's just normal Russ. We want to see those 35 to 40 attempts. But in this game with a 55 and a half point total, and you're going to be forced to throw with Dallas on the other side, throwing the ball almost every single play, even to Zeke running so many routes, a career high in routes through two weeks for Ezekiel Elliott so far. And yeah, I obviously have a lot of interest in Russell Wilson, who's been pressured on 40% of his dropbacks, which is actually a pretty high number. Anything above 30% starts to become concerning. We know this offensive line isn't good. That's kind of what he's dealing with his whole career, but it's still going to be the case here. 9.8 yards per attempt is tied with Lamar Jackson for first in the league right now, averaging 304 yards per game. A 30 implied team total is tied for the highest in the slate. Yes, $7,300 Russell Wilson is too cheap this week, especially in the game stack options. 
interceptions with Dallas players. And then you go to the other quarterback on the other side, and it's Dak Prescott, who as of right now is averaging 8.3 yards per attempt. That's good. Pressure on 33% of his dropbacks, a little bit higher than you would like to see. Number seven graded quarterback by Pro Football Focus. You're getting a Seattle team that right now through two weeks rates dead last in pressure rate. So even if Dak's getting a little bit more pressure than usual due to some injuries on his offensive line, now he faces a team that's just not bringing any pass rush. That kind of is going to happen when you lose to Davian Cloudy, and you already had a bad pass rush last year, even with him. They're going to rank 22nd in coverage. So again, both of these teams are in the bottom half of the league right now in coverage and pressure. Seattle being dead last. It's going to be a game where, just like Vegas is predicting, a lot of points here. Dak, 48 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns so far is also something to point out. 358 yards per game. That's third so far in the league, only behind Josh Allen and Matt Ryan. And so far, he's had 25 play action attempts, which is very good to see from a passing game because last year when they were 4-0 Dallas, they were using play action left and right, and then they got away from it. So far this year, they're using it. They shouldn't be 0-2, technically, the crazy game against Atlanta, but it's good to see that the offense, at least on one side of the ball, is very much clicking in the passing game right now. Yes, Dak at 7,200 is definitely in play for me. Now, these are early weeks, yes, maybes, and no's. Obviously, once I do my projections, I will change some things up. My projection, you can get linked down below on Patreon. A lot of people over there, over like 50, 60 people signed up last week. Welcome to all the new patrons and any of you potential patrons. A lot of stuff down there. I, it's too much to really talk about. 20 plus pages of game by game notes, so you kind of have that type of analysis projections and rankings and data models. So you have that other side of the analysis and a lot of other stuff in between. You can check it all out linked down below on my Patreon, Patreon backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So Cam Newton at 6,700, he's even priced up now. Most of these quarterbacks, they did a good job pricing them up after a couple of them were still in the five and six range, but Cam Newton up to 6,700, number five graded quarterback right now in pro football focus. He's looking really good. 23 attempts so far. And most of them, like a lot of quarterbacks are just on scrambles. Most of these are actual like real attempts that they're just calling for him. 23 rushing attempts and only three are scrambles so far. So that's pretty crazy. What you're seeing 122 yards and four touchdowns probably should have five rushing touchdowns if you watch the way that that game ended on Sunday night the offensive line has been very good but it's also his running ability that's keeping pressure off of him only an 18% pressure rate on his dropbacks seeing a nice 8.8 yards per attempt Cam's been a beast Cam's been a monster this is MVP Cam and he's playing the exact same way he did during that season in the running game and in the passing game and right now you're getting a Vegas team that's bottom third in the league in coverage through two weeks Cam has seen 28 play action passing which is top five in the league right now again efficiency so yes I like Cam if you're gonna have a quarterback that they're literally designing 10 rushing plays a game for and all the rushing plays around the goal line right now. How do you not have interest, especially if he's still below $7,000 and in a good matchup? Yes, give me that Cam Newton. So I really wasn't on Josh Allen after he had a career high in passing yards in week one. I just thought, you know what? They're throwing 40 plus times, even in the second half. I think they're just trying to get him as much uses as they can since they didn't really have a preseason. And then the exact same thing happens in last week's game. Now, last week's game was much closer, so they were forced to throw a little bit more. But Josh Allen breaks his own record going for over 400 yards. Right now, he leads the league with 364 and a half yards per game, 33 play action passes. So this team's actually using Josh Allen in an efficient way. Now, is he being efficient? Honestly, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen is being efficient right now. He's seeing nine yards per attempt, which is right now top five in the league. Those 33 play action passings lead the league. Now, it's obviously easy when you're throwing 40.5 times per game through the first two games, but he looks very good. Now he's going to have a test, right? He ended up getting the Jets and the Dolphins. Not the most difficult secondaries, not the most difficult defensive lines. The Jets, we thought would be a decent defensive line. Not looking like that so far. Some injuries already early. But now you get the Rams, who we know how good their defensive line is. And right now we know how good their secondary has been. And it's been really good, outperforming expectations through two weeks. Pro Football Focus has it as the number two secondary. So if you're looking in this range, I'd rather pay, pay up for Russell Wilson and Dak. I'd rather pay down for Cam Newton. So I'm, I don't think I'm still going to get a lot of Josh Allen, but I assume a lot of people don't go there. And I do think that it's going to be the right choice. But something to point out is that he does have a 25 implied team total. They are going to be two and a half point favorites in this one. So it is a nice spot for him. But all these other guys around him have higher team totals with Cam Newton, 26 and a half, Russell Wilson, 30, Dak Prescott in that crazy environment game in a good matchup, 25 and a half. And this next player who's uh, still cheaper than him, Kyler Murray, $6,800. I have more interest in. Now, Murray has not been efficient in the passing game, but they're just getting victories here. And he's really just eyeing down DeAndre Hopkins, who leads the league with 25 targets so far. 6.6 .6 yards per attempt is below league average, but he's seeing 39 attempts per game. He's 
only being pressured on 30% of his dropbacks. And the big one right now is his rushing ability. 11 carries, most of them scrambles. 10 of those 11 are scrambles right now. So not design runs, 158 yards and three touchdowns. So it's good to see that he's just taken off and running, which helps us fantasy players. Right now, Detroit ranks pretty much average in pressure, but they're 31st. So second worst team in the league right now in coverage after they just got beaten up again by the Packers and really Aaron Jones in all parts of the game. Murray has 18 play action attempts so far. So this is another great spot. This is another reason why I probably don't find myself on Josh Allen. Yes, he's been insane through the first two weeks against bad defenses. And I think he has looked good. I think Stefan Diggs was a weapon that they needed and is changing all different levels of the field for what Josh Allen can do instead of just going deep and then being inaccurate in the short to intermediate range. But yeah, I think that all these guys around him, it's just really tough to want to go there. Other guys to talk about, we won't go too much into detail on every single one of these on the early week show, but Matt Ryan, I have interest in top 10 in a lot of categories right now, eight yards per attempt, second in pass attempt so far with 45 per game. You're getting a Chicago team that ranks top 10 in coverage and pressure so far early on. This is what we expect out of the Chicago team to be a borderline top five defense. So that's the one concern here, but you know, your stacking options. The problem is that Julio is still expensive. Calvin Ridley continues to get even more expensive as he continues to see 100 plus yards in two touchdown games like an x amount of percentage of his games as an nfl player both of them so far this year which is just absolutely nuts hayden hurts is fairly priced russell gage is somewhat fairly priced at 5k seeing 20 targets so far this year so you have stacking options there you can bring it back with alan robinson on the opposite side or maybe the rookie darnell mooney who got a lot of usage probably not going to do that from the bears last week but mainly alan robinson it is an okay spot if you want to find some game snacks but there's just better places especially when these guys are only a couple hundred dollars more in kyler murray in cam newton and not that much more expensive to get up to that game with Dak and Russell Wilson. Big Ben has seen just eight play action passes so far. He's averaging almost 37 attempts per game, 270 yards per game. He's above average 7.4 yards per attempt is a nice efficiency number, has all the time in the world and now faces Houston's 30th ranked pass rush and 23rd ranked coverage unit. So Big Ben, if you're looking for a spot to get some, I would say stacks going here, it's going to be tough to want to run it back on the opposite side. Brutal spot for David Johnson. I think it's a decent spot for Brandon Cooks. We'll see what happens with Will Fuller, but you know Deontay Johnson, you know Juju, James Conner to an extent. There's options here. And then there's some other guys we can just touch on quickly. Carson Wentz, it's a get right spot. Cincinnati 31st in, in pressure, 14th in coverage. He's averaging just six yards per attempt, which is 34th, and 58.8 completion percentage, which is 32nd. And he's not being pressured all that much, just 18th most out of all the quarterbacks so far per dropback. So yeah, Carson Wentz has been absolutely abysmal. This would be the get right spot if you did want to play him with some of his pass catchers. Deshaun Jackson got going a little bit last week. Zach Ertz has not been paying off his price tag, but the price tag keeps dropping and he at least saw some more usage and volume with seven more targets last week. So Wentz is not going to be the sexy option. And this is what happens. You buy low on these players in the best possible spot. I'm not saying right now I'm going to have an overwhelming amount. He's not a yes for me right now, but he's somebody that's at least interesting coming into this week as all the sentiment is negative on him. And now he's probably going to have definitely the best matchup of the season for him so far, but maybe of his season by the end of the year as well. Other names, if you're watching on the podcast that I currently have in my maybes list, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and even Jeff Driscoll and Teddy Bridgewater. But those are just to kind of point out some guys in the cheap range. I'd rather go to Jared Goff in that 5K range over them, but those are some of the really cheapies. Let's go into running backs now. If you're still watching and if you've liked anything you've seen so far, please do take a second of your time, hit the like button, hit that big old subscribe button for me one time. I'm going to lower this and I'm going to make this so you can see some more things on the screen. But I appreciate all you guys' support so much. We crushed through 28,000 subscribers. By the time I'm doing this video next week, it would be awesome to hit 30,000 subscribers. We need a big push from everybody out there. But hopefully, if you're enjoying this, you can take two seconds of your time. Even if you're on the podcast, $50 giveaway to somebody who subscribes in the podcast and leaves a rating and review it takes literally 30 seconds the sound vetry show we're almost approaching 500 rates and reviews so i do appreciate that one giveaway per week is announced on sundays so be sure to get into that raffle if you will so a lot of carnage at the running back position no saquon no christian mccaffrey no san francisco running backs it seems like where he most starts going to miss at least a week tevin coleman's going to be out there's a bunch of guys i'm probably missing some of them that are just not going to be playing this week because of just crazy injuries at this point so we're going to start this off with some of my guesses ezekiel elliott price tag only goes up hundred dollars look this is going to be as tough as match yet through two weeks Seattle's defense has been fantastic in the run game number one overall
well so far. But Zeke is playing an elite role, more elite than he's ever seen so far through two weeks of a season. And this is because this is the best offense he's ever been in. He has 64 routes run, which is second in the league behind only David Johnson. Nine catches for 64 yards also has the receiving touchdown on 11 targets. Those 11 targets are second in the league. He has 185 yards on the ground. That's the third most. 44 attempts so far through two weeks. That's the second most. He's getting all the red zone carries as well on this team, where they're often in the red zone a lot and running a lot of offensive plays. And second most yards after contact went 143. So he's getting all the, the money usage, right? He's getting all the usage in the passing game, all the usage in the red zone. He's breaking tackles. So he's getting that elite usage on his own, making way for his own usage in the passing and rushing game and creating even more points and yards after that. So even though his price tag goes up $100, I think it's still too cheap. Even though the matchup looks a little bit tough and he's a four and a half point underdog, he's shown that he's now game flow independent. I mean, if you're going to average five and a half targets per game and so far four and a half receptions per game right now in the receiving game, he's averaging like 10 fantasy points alone, right? So obviously we know he's going to get those rushing attempts, even if they're down by four or a touchdown, he's still going to see 15 plus attempts. So now you're telling me that I can bake in 20 plus attempts and high upside attempts and touches from Zeke. Yes, I like that a lot. Last week, I said at $5,700, you're going to be upset. You didn't play Jonathan Taylor if you didn't play him. And then you're going to just go ahead and play him in a couple weeks when he's 8,000. Well, he's already $7,000. And yes, I'm going to be playing him. He's a 10 and a half point favorite. Look, all they did last week was run the ball. He had 12 first quarter touches. He had 20, 20 first half touches, 20. You're very happy if a guy has 20 touches in four quarters. He had that in two quarters. He faces a middle of the road Jets run defense through two weeks right now. 17 routes run. He saw two targets. So, so far in the season, he has eight receptions, which is good to see. Had two catches last week. 26 attempts led all running backs on Sunday in week two. He had 101 yards, 68 yards after contact. He has a top five offensive line. And again, he's a 10 and a half point favorite. So yeah, he's $7,000 now, but that's fine. He's shown that he's going to be using the passing game. And like last week when they were ahead, all they did was run the ball. And that's a week where all they were doing was also kicking field goals. He got in on the ground for a rushing touchdown, but he should have had even more because all they were doing was kicking field goals and Phillip Rivers was stalling drives in the red zone. So yes, give me Jonathan Taylor, what looks like 20 plus touches again, probably going to see himself another two to three targets. I like this a lot against the Jets team. That seems like they're only going to be implied for like 18 points, 17 points this week. Next up is going to be maybe a little bit of a controversial one that I have him as a yes so far. We'll see what happens if they're going to be keeping uh, the rookie out there, if they're going to be putting Tyrod Taylor back in. Herbert looked fantastic, like very, very good in his first appearance, took the Chiefs to overtime, probably should have won that game. And Austin Eckler comes in. He's ran 41 rounds through two weeks, only seen five targets, but he ends up seeing four targets last week and has a nice game in the receiving game from a man in Justin Herbert. He faces a Carolina run defense where he got the second worst run defense last week in Kansas City, and he did pretty good there. Now he gets the worst run defense through two weeks in the Carolina Panthers, who were very bad last year as well. He has 35 attempts on the ground for 177 yards. The issue is the issue. Joshua Kelly, the rookie at UCLA, also has 35 attempts. They're seven point favorites. I think that either way here, Austin Eckler is going to have 20 touch upside. I believe that you're hoping that it's going to be Justin Herbert so that you could probably see three to five targets in the passing game. And then he gets his 15 carries on the ground. I mean, what you're seeing right now out of Austin Eckler is that he had 19 carries in week one, a career high, and then he had 16 carries last week. And then you add in a couple of his receptions. So you're probably going to see more times than not 16 to 18 touches with the upside of 20 plus. The issue is that the rookie in his backfield seems to be getting a lot of those money touches, $6,800. If he's going to be low owned again, I'll go there. This one makes no sense to me. Like if you're playing cash games, it looks pretty clear that you're just going to be putting Miles Sanders in there. Like $6,400 Miles Sanders was the workhorse in week two in a major way. 20 carries on the ground in a game where they're losing most of the game, mind you. 20 carries on the ground against a good defensive line in the Rams, 95 yards and a touchdown. That alone, that alone, 15 and a half points would be good usage, right? But then no, he says, you know what? I'm going to outdo that. 31 routes run, seven targets, three catches for 36 yards. So this man comes out here and he just goes off for 130 plus yards. He said it was his MVP season, 130 plus yards. Overall, he ends up seeing 27 opportunities and 23 touches. It's very good to see this. And now he's a seven point favorite versus a bottom 10 defense uh, in Cincinnati. So in a game where they're trailing, you get this elite usage of 27 opportunities in a huge game. His price tag only goes up $400 as a favorite and a good matchup. Makes no sense. It looks like he's just a lock for a lot of cash games early in the week. On the opposite side of this game, this one would be more of a GPP play. But look, everybody's down on Joe Mixon after two weeks. I'm getting so many people telling me, should I trade? 
trade him for X, Y, and Z. You should probably trade him for Jonathan Taylor if people are offering you that. Yes, you should. But people are telling me just wild trade offers right now. Look, it's through two weeks. Philly's run defense right now is about middle of the pack. Cincinnati's run blocking, yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bottom third in the league right now. It's bad in all assets, the pass protection, the run blocking, everything. But he's being involved. 44 routes run is top five in the league. Only five targets is the issue. We need to see more targets with Giovanni Bernard getting some uh, usage right now, which is weird. I don't expect that to continue after Joe Mixon got this big extension. 35 attempts so far. That's going to be top six in the league. I think it's top five, but that's before Josh Jacobs stats go in from Monday Night Football. So it'll be top six. It's only 115 yards. though is the issue. 3.3 yards per carry. So now he's going to be coming in against the Philadelphia team that we know for a couple of years now has a very good defensive line. They have not been good for the first two weeks. We'll see if they can write that ship. Joe Mixon, I'm going to put him as a yes for now. He's in the 5K range. He's only going to be a GPP play for me. He might move to a maybe because I don't really know where I'll be. I'm not going to be including him in any groups or anything like that. He'll kind of just get into my lineup as a lower own play. I think there's upside there though. He's still getting a lot of touches. He's still getting a lot of usage. He overall has 20 opportunities per week through the first two weeks. That's a lot of usage. So we'll see where that goes. The next one also might become a maybe by the end of the week, but you have right now, it seems like no Raheem Mostart. We'll have to track that. Definitely no Tevin Coleman. Looks like the Jarek McKinnon show. Some Jeff uh, Wilson Jr. will probably get activated at this point. But Jarek McKinnon right now on Pro Football Focus, it's a limited sample, but the number one rusher on Pro Football Focus, six carries for over 100 yards and a touchdown, 19 routes run, six targets. He ended up catching three for 20 yards and a touchdown there. The Giants have a good run defense, top five in the league through two weeks. Eric McKinnon is in the best run offense, arguably in the league right now, and he's a five point favorite. So at below $5,000, your best option this week, below $5,000, to my opinion, there's only like two or three guys who look viable. Jarek McKinnon looks like the one who's going to come into maybe the most workload. It's going to be right there with Antonio Gibson for guys who probably see somewhere between 15 and 20 touch-ins. That's what Gibson saw last week. I imagine that Jarek McKinnon is going to move into some sort of role along those lines. I don't think it's a lock by any means. So I might move that yes to a maybe because it's not like he's 4k flat. He's $4,900 in a backfield that likes to use multiple backs. Point this one out that Josh Jacobs is still a beast. He's going to average and he has been right now like 30 opportunities per game. Matchup against New England will be fine. They're 22nd against the run through two weeks. So yeah, $7,300 Josh Jacobs is also in play. He can very much be a yes by the next time that you watch this video. David Montgomery has looked good. Atlanta's top six against the run right now, but he has looked good. 29 attempts on the ground. He's seen four catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. He had to come out of last week's game. He has five targets on the year, but then he came right back in with a neck injury. He's had the groin injury. He's all banged up, but he's playing very well right now. Price tag is rising though, but you're at least nice to see some of that pass game involvement. And then some of the other things to talk about from an injury standpoint. Christian McCaffrey is out. So we get Mike Davis in here. CMC's done for like four to six weeks. Mike Davis was pretty nuts last week in just one dimension, right? He had only one carry. Obviously, CMC gets hurt late. But Mike Davis had 16 routes run targeted on 50% of his routes. Like that efficiency is not going to keep up, but he might get up to like 28 routes run this week. If he is indeed going to be the starter, we'll see if they end up adding anybody out there. Mike Davis had eight receptions on eight targets for 74 yards. So 100% catch rate. That's kind of common for running backs. You'll see them catch most of their passes, but that's crazy that he saw that much usage in the passing game. This could just be a blimp on the radar. He is not the cheapest. $5,100 is at least something you have to consider. And it is a tough matchup on the ground against the Chargers. But Mike Davis is definitely in play. Joshua Kelly, who we talked about earlier, definitely in play. 35 attempts on the ground, getting a lot of red zone and goal line work. He's facing the 32nd ranked Carolina run defense, and he's getting a spot where he does have 14 routes run and two receptions in the passing game. And then lastly, the second 4K running back that I'm interested in early on, not named Jarek McKinnon, is Antonio Gibson. He has 28 routes run so far this year. He's seen four targets. He has three receptions. But last week alone, he was the lead back, playing over 60% of the snaps ahead of McKissick, ahead of Barber, who only played like one snap after getting all the snaps in week one. Maybe this backfield will just kind of go all up and down and all over the place for Washington. But Gibson's tape through the first two weeks looks absolutely nuts. Like he looks like the best athlete on the field whenever he's touching the ball, which is pretty crazy that they have some of these athletes like McCoy and Gibson on their team. They just have to hope that Dwayne Haskins can sustain them and look, make them look half decent. 13 attempts, 55 yards and a touchdown in week two. But now he gets a tough matchup against the Cleveland front line, which is kind of sneakily at this point, a very strong defensive line. I think some people forget that because of all the hype that Washington gets in the Rams front line, but this is like a top five line in the league. So it's a tough matchup for Gibson, but he's a versatile back. So I think he'll be 
able to overcome it. The issue is that he's a seven point underdog and his team's only implied for 18 and a half points. So you get the cheap price point that kind of factors all that in. Let us now move over to the wide receiver position. Once again, I'll say that I do have right now on Patreon, I have a bunch of projections. I'm going to be having up. Well, the projections will come out later in the week with the rankings. I'll have 20 plus pages of game by game notes for every single viable play in every single game. We'll have showdown stuff information, right? We'll have all the showdown information, golf and NBA projections going up. There's a lot of stuff on there. You can check out the package targets and touches recaps from the week before. So you kind of right in line with everything to know and expectations are baseline moving forward. A close thoughts podcast that comes out over the weekend especially if you're a gpp player guaranteed prize pool if you're cash all the stuff's gonna help you but gpps i talked last week for about 55 minutes about my gpp strategy my 150 max strategy my single entry three max all that type of stuff on the closing thoughts podcast talked about my exposures talked about how to use the optimizer and all that type of stuff so be sure to check that out patreon link down below next up wide receivers a lot of these are going to be coming from just my interest for stacking but also just straight up cheap price points, right? So all the guys from Dallas and Seattle, yes, I'm saying all of them, the two main guys from the Seattle, DK Metcalf and Lockett, the three main guys from Dallas right now, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, the rookie CD, who looks absolutely amazing, went over 100 yards already in his NFL career, just took two games. I like all of them. They're just all so cheap. I mean, Amari's 6,500. How is he the most expensive guy in this game when there's a 55 and a half point team total? And Seattle and Dallas have both been pretty shaky in the secondary so far. I mean, Seattle should be good overall, but they've been in situations where they don't have to defend that much like Atlanta, and then they're playing soft defenses. But Amari, so far in the year, very quiet has 16 receptions for 181 yards on 22 targets very quietly is top three in the league when it comes to receptions and targets and even yardage he's up there as well so a high total here he projects for around eight to ten targets 47 yards after the catch so far and 90 routes run for Amari he's having a fantastic year and nobody's talking about it at all right now and then I like both Seattle guys $6,500 Metcalf $6,400 Lockett these guys are just so cheap it's so easy to game stack them eight receptions for 187 yards and two touchdowns for Metcalf he has 49 yards after the catch he has seen an elite 2.56 yards per route run and he's just winning in tough spots like Stefan Gilmore in a Patriots secondary last week. Didn't matter. I mean, part of that's Russ just playing absolutely out of his mind. Part of that's Metcalf, seven targets per game so far. Then you get Lockett, who has eight targets per game so far. Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys slot cornerback, who is pretty solid out of Michigan now, a couple years in the league as a veteran, missed last week. Keep an eye on that because Lockett played 61% of his snaps through the first two games out of the slot. He's been very efficient. And then we go down to some other guys. I like Odell at 6,300. You saw him kind of break out on Thursday night. I think that he's fine. I think that you just have Baker playing really bad in week one. Then Baker is sort of a game manager in week two look decent Odell so far seven receptions 96 yards and a touchdown through two games eight targets per game is good three deep targets is good not really being used in the slot which you would like to see but it makes sense they run a lot of two wide receiver sets with Stefanski now in Cleveland only nine percent slot usage the Allen Robinson eruption game we thought it was going to be coming last week I liked a lot of the over props on him I played a lot of Allen Robinson like 20 25 percent but I think it's coming this week six deep targets uh second in the league it's at least coming soon like when a guy's seeing targets deep and the elite slot usage 41 percent of his snaps out of the slot like this is the one thing that the Bears have gotten right even though how bad they've been with Mitch Trubisky and all this stuff, like they're putting Allen Robinson in winnable spots down the field, in the red zone, and in the slot as well as when you start to really see a wide receiver become elite. And that's what Allen Robinson is. He's a sleeping giant, especially this year so far. His 17 targets are top 10 in the league right now. He only has eight receptions for 107 yards, but the production is definitely coming. DJ Moore, after week one, I was a little bit concerned like Robbie Anderson's getting a lot of targets. That's still the case, but it's clearly DJ Moore as a number one wide receiver. 13 targets in week two. He now has 22 targets on the season. 24% slot usage is very good to see. DJ Moore is completely fine. He's going to draw a tough matchup versus the Chargers. It's going to be Casey Hayward, Desmond King, all these guys. If he moves into the slot, maybe he'll see as well some Chris Harris Jr., the former Denver Bronco. The price point is just nice enough. Keenan Allen, both quarterbacks have looked his way. I do prefer what we saw last week and actually completions, right, from Justin Herbert and not Tyrod Taylor not playing as accurate 
here as well. $6,100. And it's just a fantastic matchup against Carolina here. These charges in general, like if Justin Herbert starts, there's going to be cases to be having some stacks with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, um, right? Tight end and Hunter Henry. You can put Eckler in there if you really want to. We haven't seen that type of correlation yet, but if you really want to put him in that type of a group. But Keenan Allen, top 10 in targets with 17. He has 11 receptions, 133 yards so far, very quietly having a very good year so far and four deep targets on 43% slot usage. Keep an eye on AJ Brown. They said early on that he might miss a couple of weeks. So it seems kind of doubtful, at least early on that he'll play this week, maybe towards questionable. Very good matchup against Minnesota. So just keep an eye on him. They're bottom five secondary through two weeks so far. A couple more guys on here. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers. I can keep scrolling, right? Like the wide receiver is always going to be the deepest. I currently have marked as interest, like uh, 30 guys or 38 guys so far. Terry McLaurin against Cleveland should be a fine spot. 18% slot usage, eight targets per game and an elite 2.58 yards per route run. You've been seeing Terry McLaurin have a fine week. Last week, he broke out 12 receptions, 186 yards and a touchdown so far on the season. We might just be looking at the new number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh. This always happens, right? You have the passing of the torch from Mike Wallace to Antonio Brown, from Antonio Brown to Juju for a short period. And now it might be very quickly Juju to Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson has been an absolute monster. Only 11% slot usage, but on 73 routes run, he's over two yards per route run. So that's very good. But he has 14 receptions on a team leading 21 targets, which is top five in the league, those 21 targets, 149 yards and a touchdown. He's looked very good. Seven receptions per game so far, 11, 10 and a half targets per game so far. This is very good to see. Price point goes from 4,500 to 5,400, but I still have interest in all formats. And then you have CD Lamb. I talked about all the guys from this Dallas game that I like. CD Lamb, obviously another one of those, 91% slot usage so far. That's elite. He's just dominating the slot and he's going to have an even better matchup this week against Seattle. So I like that. Over two yards per attempt. He's top 10 in routes run with 81 so far because that team is just running so many damn plays. 11 receptions so far, eight targets per game and 165 yards. CD Lamb is the real deal, $5,400. A couple other guys to point out here. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's target share has been very good for this team. He has not paid off like Julian Edelman went absolutely berserk last week, but Nikhil Harry is coming. He's only $4,200. I don't know if I yet want to play him in cash, but in GPPs, especially in stacks with New England, Cam Newton, Julian Edelman, and Nikhil Harry, you run it back with somebody like Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs on the other side. That's a pretty solid stack, in my opinion, for a team with a 26 and a half team total. But yeah, Nikhil Harry looks good. 17 targets so far. Very sneaky 17 targets and very sneaky 13 receptions. I think that the target share looks very good right now. I think there's an upside week coming from him. And then you get a couple other guys. DeAndre Hopkins, right? He leads the league in targets right now. He looks fantastic. 22 receptions, leads the league, 219 yards and a touchdown, an elite 2.43 yards per route run. He's just beasting right now. He's expensive, $7,900, but he has a fantastic spot. So if you can afford him in cash, if you can get him in your GPPs and some lineups, go for it. Obviously, I'm, I'm not prioritizing him in all those lineups. And maybe in cash, I will, depending on what the salary looks like left over, because he's basically as safe as they come right now. If you're going to tell me that he's going to be getting 10 to 12 targets a game. KJ Hamler, $3,000 flat. Um, earlier in the week, I thought that this might just be a joke, but Colin Sun's now out for the year. All these guys ending up going out for the year. I believe it was a torn ACL now. KJ Hamler didn't really play in week one. Week two, he goes out there. He sees seven targets, right? Jeff Driscoll looks like he's going to be the quarterback. There's really not a spot you want to bet on. But $3,000 for a guy who saw seven targets, three catches, 48 yards, right? Like he's probably going to make you tilt your face off is what I tweeted out. Like he'll probably end up getting five targets, two catches, like 30 yards. And then you're going to be really upset that you played him in cash for $3,000. What he allows you to do though, is open up a lot more ups on the upside, right? If it allows you to get DeAndre Hopkins into your cash lineup and Hopkins goes for 120 and a touch down in 10 receptions and he has 30 plus fantasy points. Well, then the combination of those guys scoring 40 fantasy points was worth it probably in your lineups, at least from a cash game perspective, probably not playing in much in GBPs, but there is an upside from Hamler, the rookie, the speedster out of Penn State, who's very good in the slot can also play on the outside. $3,000 is obviously upside at that point where the worst case scenario, obviously he gets zero. That's not good. But worst case scenario is he gets you five or six points has two or three receptions for you. And there is no Sutton again. So he's going to be on the field a ton. And it looks like he has an early connection with Jeff Driscoll. Then it allows you to open up more in your cash lineup. So yes, he is going to be a cash viable play. Julian Edelman, 81% slot usage last week. I'll have interest there. And then there's a bunch of guys, right? Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. These guys are priced up. Both of the Tampa Bay receivers. They're all of interest to me. If you're listening on the podcast, I've got a list of about another like 10 guys that I'm not going to get into too much detail. Actually, it's probably closer to 20 guys that I'm not going to get into too much more detail about. I do like Michael Gallup again. He's getting the same exact 
usage as CD Lamb. CD Lamb's just actually converting that right now. That doesn't mean Michael Gallup's bad. It just means that he's getting unlucky. I mean, he has 88 routes run. He's seen eight targets. He has five receptions for 108 yards, and he's running the deep routes down the field right now. It's going to click for him. So yes, GPP interest. I do have interest in Michael Gallup, who's only $100 more now than CD Lamb. And everybody's going to be jumping off of Michael Gallup and going to CD Lamb, and appropriately so. But it's not like Michael Gallup is not getting the usage. All of his usage in terms of downfield targets and high upside targets is still the same as it always has been. It's just more so getting funneled to CD Lamb and Amari so far, and even Dalton Schultz last week. Michael Gallup will be fun in the long run, and let's see if he can get there this week. A lot of other interesting guys like Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, keep an eye on Kenny Galladay's health status, things like that. It was nice to see Chase Claypool, number one wide receiver in pro football focus so far through two weeks, separating like a monster, and the usage is increasing. Maybe not this week as a GPP play, because I don't know if he gets all the way there with the usage and jumps James Washington yet, but it seems like very soon he will be. So in your season-long leagues, keep a close eye on that. And let's finish it up by getting into the tight end position. And if you made it all the way to the tight end position, and you're about 30 minutes into this video or podcast, I appreciate you a ton. I do. And if you just want to show any type of appreciation for the content, please do. It's totally free. Like button one time for me and hit that subscribe button in the bottom right-hand corner. Big one comes up on the screen on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, take two seconds of your time. Hit the subscribe button and leave a 30 second. It takes 30 seconds. You hit the five stars on Apple. You can only do it on Apple. Or if you're on a uh, if you're on a computer, you can do it on Stitcher if you don't have an iPhone. But you leave a quick review. I really do appreciate that. We'll go quickly through the tight end position. Tight ends were crazy last week. All the cheap ones seem to go really well for the most part outside of like Chris Herndon, but you had Mo Ali Cox. He plays really well. Jordan Reed, he plays really well. Relatively cheap Hayden Hurst. He plays really well. All these guys play really well. Johnny Smith was still relatively cheap. He plays really well with two touchdowns. Great to see. Great to see. So our first interest is going to be Darren Waller, 5,700. We just saw what he did on Monday Night Football. And if he did that on Sunday night and then the pricing came out, he would be like $6,500. 23 targets so far. Number one in the league amongst tight ends. Number two in the entire league, only behind right now, DeAndre Hopkins. 19 receptions. Yeah, that's easily first right now for tight ends in like top three in the league for any player, including wide receivers and running backs. 147 yards. He's just an absolute monster. He is the clear focal point of this offense being used in the slot a ton. He's breaking tackles like an absolute beast. He looks like, as of right now, in my opinion, like a top three tight end in this league. Next up, Noah Font is priced up to 5,400. A good matchup in the middle of the field against Tampa. Nine receptions, 138 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. He has 11 targets so far. Look, there's no Sutton, so the hope here is that he'll get even more usage, especially in the red zone where he's been seeing it. 64 routes run so far. That's nice to see, but we're going to need to see more usage. We can't just see four or five targets out of Noah Fant. We need those seven target games to really be hitting on this price point. And I could say the exact same thing for John Smith, who's now priced up to 5,200, and also a fantastic matchup against Minnesota. He sees 30% slot usage. He's only ran 43 rounds though, so just 21 per week. He has eight receptions though for 120 yards and three touchdowns. This Tennessee offense in general, in general, John who last year, the whole offense last year, extremely efficient. You're seeing that through two weeks this year as well. So the volume needs to come up, I think, right? Unless they're just going to continue to be efficient for two straight seasons and run this hot. But we're going to need to see a little bit more volume. Now six targets per game, that's good, right? Seven and then five last week. But I need to see like an average of six to seven per game, not these weeks where you get four or five, which is going to be the issue for John who if he goes there, because then you're getting the duds of two receptions for 30 yards at this 5k price tag when there's guys in the 4k range that can have that same exact downside but also the same exact upside in some cases evan ingram at five thousand dollars flat there's a couple of tight ends that are just kind of falling in price evan ingram and zach Ertz. evan ingram has been playing fine it's just like his offense can't get into the red zone but he's been playing fine right 84 routes run that's very a good and elite usage for a tight end eight receptions for 74 yards just kind of meh right it's like seven seven and a half fantasy points per game but he's had 15 targets which is very good to see daniel jones is looking his way 51 percent slot usage this is not a guy who blocks at all he's pretty much very similar to mike Kosecki. he just goes into the slot and he runs. He's just a sleeping giant, no pun intended on the giant reference at this price tag. Hunter Henry has now had production from both of his uh, quarterbacks so far, very similar to what Keenan Allen was seeing. 37% slot usage. He has 16 targets, so eight per game, 156 yards. It's nice to see that he was being featured by both of his quarterbacks. So $4,800 is in play. Hayden Hurst price tag barely comes up and he continues to be targeted downfield. Last week, it started to click. He now has eight receptions, 12 targets. So six per game is good to see. And 110 yards had an easier matchup last week and really got there. 
55% slot usage is pretty dominant. Tougher matchup against the Bears though this week, but the price tag is still fair. And then some other names, George Kittle track his status. I think that this injury might be worse than they're letting on because we haven't really had any positive updates. TJ Hawkinson is still being limited, but he's has 100% catch rate, 42% slot usage. Uh, now he gets Arizona, fine spot. But again, he's being limited. He's not, if, you, if you're watching these games, he comes out like he's only playing like two snaps per series. So he's only playing like 66% of the snaps because there was that injury that he had all of last year and he's been rehabbing all the off season. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Look, Ertz has been okay, right? He hasn't been terrible. He's not being targeted as much down the field, just in 8.4 yards per receptions, but he still has 55% slot usage and the price points dropping. And it should be because he has not been great for like his past eight games. He hasn't been elite, but you're getting right now, $5,100. You're getting a get right spot. I think this is the week to play Zach Ertz and these Eagles guys. If you really want to, if there's any week, it's this week when everybody's sentiment is down on them, probably lower ownership. And it's the best matchup that they might have on the entire season against the Cincinnati team that does have an improved secondary early on, but it's still not great and has no pass rush at all. So there'll be no reason to block for any of these tight ends. Same analysis for Dallas Goddard. Pretty much. He has a 44% slot usage. Uh, and then keep an eye on some of these other guys who really kind of popped off last week. Like keep an eye on Dalton Schultz. Maybe he'll be this good. Maybe it was just a factor of them throwing so much, but I'll have interest there. And if you're going to get the George Kittle to miss again, I mean, DraftKings just dropped the ball on this pricing $4,000 Jordan Reed, who played 75. Yes. 75% of his snaps out of the slot. He saw 10 slot targets. 10 slot targets through two weeks, 19 routes run. That's all he did. All he did was run 19 routes in week two, and he saw eight targets, absolute monster, seven receptions, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, if there's no George Kittle, you're probably just locking and loading this week yet again, Jordan Reed, unless you want to play one of these guys, Logan Thomas, $3,700. He also saw elite usage yet again last week. So what you're seeing out of Logan Thomas so far, 64% slot usage. He has seen so far on the season, 17 targets. So he ended up seeing what, nine targets last week. So it's going to come off for you. It's just bad quarterback play, eight receptions, 63 yards and a touchdown. But if you told me that you were going to get eight to nine targets out of Logan Thomas, last week at the 3k range and now his price point only comes up a hundred dollars as his target share continues to be like 25 plus percent yes i have interest in the cheap tight ends yet again keep an eye on jack doyle's health mo ali cox in his first career start had six targets five receptions 111 yards 39 yards after contact looked like an absolute monster only ran 16 routes though so keep an eye on that the usage was not elite elite but he ended up getting targeted downfield so it paid off a little bit there and then somebody to keep an eye on maybe for your season-long leagues or as the year goes on drew sample just 15 percent slot usage right now but this is something that's going to be important cj uzoma got hurt he's done for the year so now he's the starting tight for a Cincinnati team that is just chucking the ball right now. He has 41 routes run. He's seen nine targets so far from Joe Burrow. And again, Ozoma has been healthy for most of that time. Eight receptions for 52 yards. His price tag seems a little bit too close to the Jordan Reeds. Um, you could even throw Dalton Schultz in there, Logan Thomas, Molly Cox, guys that we have now seen prove it and have been proving it for a while in Jordan Reed's case for two weeks straight now. Very elite usage in Logan Thomas' case. A nice kind of breakout performance from both Dalton Schultz and Molly Cox. So it's tough to want to go the Drew sample this week, but it's something to keep an eye on because he has had pretty relatively elite usage for a guy who's been a backup tight end and now he's going to get that featured role in an offense that is chucking the ball the most pass attempts so far this year is in Cincinnati and Joe Burrow so that's where I'm at right now that is the position by position breakdown the early week breakdown will be back later in the week all my content you can see the schedule for it up on my Twitter account it's just pinned up at the top of that at salvage DFS be sure before you go hit that like button for me hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this leave a comment let me know if you watched the entire video and please go over and support monkey knife fight they are the sponsors of this show if you go over there and you do a minimum deposit whatever you want to do ten dollars twenty dollars fifty dollars if you use the promo code vetri that is v-e-t-r-i why are you not doing it? go over there play some player props, play some games. You'll just get free money. Who doesn't like free money to try and put on some free money teasers and free money parlays and money, even more money from a player prop standpoint on Monkey Knife Fight. So go ahead, put $50 in. You end up with a hundred in your account. Bang, bang, bang. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. And I will see you in the next one.